You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. And welcome into what I guess could be considered a little belated emergency episode of Judd's Hockey Show. Um, Declan on his way to Las Vegas, but as always, coming off the bench doing a stellar job, our guy A.J. Fredrickson uh, joins me. And we are here for one reason and one reason only. No, the Wild did not play today. They did get some news, though, that A.J. I think is uh, worth addressing and uh, podcasting about. If you are watching us live, we appreciate that. Uh, but let's talk about Kirill Kaprizov, who got hurt on a hit last night from the Jets' Logan Stanley. The only way I can describe it, if you didn't see it, and I'm sure most of you have seen it by now, was that Stanley drove Kaprizov from behind into the ice, uh, which was all well and good until he continued to drive him in, and Kaprizov did the splits. His leg bent awkwardly. He uh, he was clearly shaken up now Kirill Kaprizov just to be very clear here is about as tough as they come so if he leaves the ice with a problem it's a problem uh the only other time I recall him being injured was when uh Trent Frederick of the Boston Bruins hit him from behind on a cheap shot that I think he hurt his shoulder on I think he might have missed one game there anyway long story short Kaprizov um went to the bench then during the next TV timeout tried to skate it didn't go well skated to the lo- or went to the locker room. Tests done back here as the team came back from Winnipeg indicate that it is a lower body injury. Mm-hmm. He is out three to four weeks, which would basically take you to the end of the regular season. And AJ, I got to admit right now, I am extremely concerned because, first of all, we don't know what's wrong. They don't tell you in this league. It could be his knee. It could be his groin. It could be both. Second of all, when they say three to four weeks, I believe when Carl Anthony Towns was originally slated to be out for the Wolves, it was something like four to six weeks, and he hasn't played since late November, if I'm not mistaken. My level of concern on a one to ten right now for the season is probably at about a solid eight. Can you talk me off the Kirill Kaprizov ledge here? 
do you want me to, or do you want me to share my honest feelings? Oh, I want you to share your, you know, yeah, don't try to. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, are you more optimistic than me? Cause I'm not optimistic after what I saw. Um, and you know, again, this is a league where it's a catch all lower Mm -hmm. body Mm -hmm. could be a lot of things. It looked really bad. Since the news this afternoon, I've been doing the two sides of the coin back and forth, looking at both sides of what's the worst case scenario. What's the best case scenario? I think for the sake of it, let's start with the best case. They know that this guy is the pinnacle of the team. He is the center point, the focal point. He drives everything. They know they're in a decent spot right now to where they don't want yeah. to risk it. If they, if this was maybe the final couple of weeks of the season and you've made these moves and for some reason you're just not solidifying that that playoff spot, you're going to maybe say, hey, can you play in, I, as you mentioned, He's a tough enough guy. If he could, I think he would. He he doesn't seem like one of the guys that's going to uh, do load management or take himself out just for the sake of, oh, I'm feeling 80% or I've got a runny nose tonight. He's going to play if he feels like he can play. Mm-hmm. But they know that with this contract that they have him on, it's it's not risk. It's not worth risking if you can hurt it further. Right now, you don't need to. You don't need to play. Let's evaluate it. Let's take some time. Let's try to get you back because you've already been an all-star for us and then some during during this regular season. You have – I saw a stat, and this was a couple nights ago, so it's probably altered a little bit. But since the all-star break, he's accounted for like over 40% of the Wilds' goals. Yes. That's just not – that's just not sustainable. But he's been sustaining that. Like yeah. that, that's how ridiculous he is. Um, So they're being cautious and – it's you know he's he's not a 32 year old veteran he is 26 years old mm-hmm. so he's still able to maybe come back from this and his body's going to rehab a lot better than maybe some of the older guys on the team you know if Marcus Felino had this injury we might be saying okay what player are we going to get back i'd like to assume that when he does eventually return he's going to be just fine but w- let's look at the other side of things as you can tell by how my appearance is, I play video games. So like when you play NHL and you do the GM mode, if somebody gets hurt and they're out for a month with a, with, you know, a dislocated shoulder, when that timetable is up, they come back, they're a hundred percent. And it's like, nothing ever happened. We're fine. That might not be the case here. Right. They might say three to four weeks. And when he comes back, he's only operating at 70%. You know, if, if you are out shoveling with the snow, we're supposed to get this week, you roll your ankle. Sure, it'll take a few days for you to be able to like walk normally, but you're going to, you know, you're wincing every time you take a step. Is that going to be the same type of thing that we're going to get with him once he's back? Because they know, hey, we need you for the playoffs. That's our bread and butter for when we absolutely need you back. Is he going to be operating like we've seen? I, I Was it last season or even the season prior where he had something going on and just wasn't playing 100% at the most crucial point of the season? That could very well be the case here yet again. Yeah, what concerns me here, well, it, it's twofold. The first thing that concerns me is the fact that this guy, while he does have silky smooth mitts, his skating is so important, and his legs are, are so important, and he has tree trunks for legs, and he's so strong. Um, and so if you, if you know, if this is a groin, if he, and I'm, I'm just going to speculate wildly here, reckless speculation, because they tell us nothing. But if he has torn a muscle, if he's done something like that, then he can try and come back. One, I'd be afraid that he'd do further damage, so I don't want that. But two, like you just said, he's going to be adversely affected in a big, big way. 
The other thing, just as far as timetables go, you know, keep in mind when Jonas Brodin went back out, they're like, oh, it'll be a few games and he's still not skating. And, and again, if they're being smart, that's fine, but they're just going to give you fake timetables. Like three to four weeks is probably best case. And that again, four weeks puts him back. I, April 11th, I believe, is the last regular season game. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so if he comes back around, then he's got to get back into the swing of things. Not saying he can't, but then you start the playoffs. And if you're playing Colorado, which is a high flying club, and you don't have Kaprizov at 100% or a semblance, 90% or something like that age, it's a big deal. Um, and the other thing is in the short term, the wilds in actually playoff wise right now, because of this, what nine Oh and two stretch, they're in good shape. So it looks like Dallas won tonight. So both teams have played now 65 games. Dallas is in first place in the central 83 points. The wild is second, 81 points. The, the avalanche, um, have played 62 games, three games in hand on the wild. They're at 76 points, five points behind. The good news is this. The Jets, who the Wild beat, of course, in the game Kaprizov got hurt, AJ, the Jets are the second wild card with 75 points. So the Wild is six points clear or is, um, yes, six points clear. And I'm not saying that that's perfect, but they're in pretty good shape there. But as far as the playoffs go and Kaprizov, and here's my thing too is, It'd be one thing if you had Fiala and you could, you know, make some type of case. Well, he could pick up some of the scoring. Who's going to pick up the scoring? I mean, you read the stat. It's an absolute ridiculous ratio of of um, of the goals since the All-Star break that Kirill has. And, I mean, Boldy's going to have to shoot more, and he's going to have to start scoring some damn goals. Yeah. Um, is going to have to just flat-out shoot more. But even with that, I mean, Kirill Kaprizov is a top 10, if not top 5 player in the entire league, and he is a very special player. So I just don't know that you can make up for that. Sammy Walker, who I thought played really well when he got a chance, has been recalled. But, you know, what's your line construction now? I've just, I've got so many questions. And I will be curious to see who does step up. But we're also talking about, in fairness to the entire group, we're talking about a, a future Hall of Fame player. So I, I'm not thinking that any one person is going to emerge. But how do you even get to a point now where a team that's already been stressed on scoring goals can score goals without 97 playing and you know to be upfront about it i think it could be into the playoffs in which case you're probably sunk yeah um with the goaltending stuff that we saw earlier this season and maybe the past couple seasons when somebody has been hurt or earlier this season with uh, Mark Andre Fleury playing pretty poorly and just having a rough stretch of games, they've had that secondary goaltender be able to step in and just assume that role. And, and the, the train keeps moving along. The train keeps moving along. They don't have that secondary caboose to keep moving the offense along along here. Matthew Boldy is essentially like he's now the Kevin Fiala of last year, but, in, in terms of like what people expect him to be, but he's not performing up to this contract extension that he, he has signed. He Correct. has been, uh, I, I hate saying this, but he's been abysmal as of late. Disappointment. And I, and no I want about it. Yeah, yes. absolutely. And That's I, and right. I want him to do better, but it's just, we have not seen that and may, and maybe this is going to allow him to, uh, take the mentality of I have to step up and I have to force myself into the spotlight and I have to make up for this lack of offense. And maybe that's what it needs to, you know, turn the engine block over and actually, you know, and actually get some production out of him. But you're absolutely right with uh, Zuccarello. He's going to have to learn 
and break away from the game that he's been of, I can make that extra pass because it's Kirill. You now need to shoot every time. Yeah. We we need yes. to be there is no wrong like just like there's no stupid questions. There is no bad shot anymore. I want you to shoot anywhere, everywhere, all the time. You fire pucks on net. If they're not almost to 40 shots in a game, I'm going to be upset. If you're if you're not into the high 30s, low 40s by the end of three periods, I'm going to be upset because that's the that's the game that you have to play now. Still say stay solid defensively because that is the identity of this team. Yes. But up front, don't make the and, and this is now, I think, a little old, but my dad used to call it golden gopher hockey with the cutesy extra pass, no look behind, drop big pass. Big ice, AJ. Big exactly. ice, your old man, watch him on the big ice. <laughs> um, you, you can't do that now. You have to play smart, fundamental hockey, lock things down defensively, and when you get an opportunity, yes. if you don't capitalize, it's going to come back to bite you because you're already having trouble. To, when, you, when he's in the lineup and healthy, you're struggling to score five on five. Now I I don't know what you're gonna do. If you get one, you're you're gonna have to hold the other team to zero if you want a chance. It's crazy. Well, and, and it's weird too. Uh first of all, you know, this more than ever now really does become if this is going if this team is gonna make any type of splash, it really does become officially the 2003 team. Cause I mean, yeah. that's all they are now. Cause you took, you know, the Gabrick Gabrick was that team star, and he was a star. He was not a superstar, Kareel is. Um, but without Kirill now, I mean, this is, this is, it, it's two things. One, one, it's a committee, a committee approach and you're right. Guys are going to have to shoot the puck and you're going to need guys. And he's actually played better of late, but you know, Marcus Foligno is going to have to continue to score goals. He's got two in his past three games. Now, after being to use your word, abysmal, Boldy, Zuccarello are going to, and, and Eck are going to flat out have to start scoring goals. Um, Hartman is going to, and he he has scored a bit more. Johansson, Sunquist. So I mean, you're going to need a committee approach, and you're also going to need a few guys. To your point, Boldy, Zuccarello to step up and just flat out score goals. And this whole thing. So I get not shooting into block shots, but like I told Declan AJ, there's a difference between taking dumb shots that are going to get blocked, possibly then result in breakaways and things like that, and just getting the puck on, on net. I think my favorite thing so far that I've seen from John Klingberg is he just launches the puck on net. And then weird stuff happens because it's hockey, you mm -hmm. know? I, I'm so tired of, you know, Goudreau a couple nights ago. It was the Calgary game. It's like a two-on-one, and he makes a nice move, and he skates, and he literally crosses the slot and then tries to pass back, and, of course, it gets broken up. It's like, what the hell are you doing, dude? You've got to take that shot. You could get a rebound. You know, a lot of weird things can take place. So those are just some things that this team is going to ha have to do, and, yes, they need to play to their identity of playing a workmanlike defensive shut down probably more boring than ever game but you are going to have to start to distribute um the goal scoring and the shots and to your point on boldy and i told uh declan and jesse pierce this on the show that we did wednesday he needs to be put on notice like i i know that you know he's matt boldy and um right now i am incredibly disappointed i am incredibly disappointed and it's not just because of the contract. It's because I have Charlie Coyle and Jordan Greenway PTSD. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to see this. Dude, you're a power forward. And I told Declan this too. 
I don't even need Boldy to score like nice goals. I'd like to see him sh- shoot more. And I do think he's got the talent to do it. But if you're not going to do that, go to the front of the damn net and wait for rebounds. Mm-hmm. No one can touch you anymore. People stand there on the power play. Eck just stands there. Now, X is center, so he can't do that five on five because he's got responsibilities. Mm-hmm. But if you're just going to, if you're going to do what Boldy is doing, go to the front of the damn net, stand there, create screens, and try and pick up the garbage. Like this team, I am so done with, and now especially because Kirill could do this, I am so done with trying to score goals that look good. Yeah. And if you're going to win games now, you know what? Score them from your ass. I don't care how you score them. Score them on rebounds. But to your point, that starts with getting shots on goal. And then there's a deflection. Or then there's, you know, there's just so many things that can happen if you get the puck to the net. But if you're trying to look for that perfect, you know, do I have my seam to shoot? Do I have the seam to shoot? And by the way, once in a while, if a guy goes down to block a shot, take the damn slapper and it's going to hurt like hell. And he has a decision to make next time. So, like, this team now, to me, is a critical mass of you're going to have to make a decision because now you're going to have to be more in than ever on how Everson wants you to play. And if you're not, you're going to have trouble. You are going to have, because you already were having trouble scoring goals, and now the one guy who has 39 goals and 74 points in 65 games and his, his regular season very well might be done is out. So what are you going to do about that? I've been an advocate about this for a while and I'm not sure your take on it. I'm, I'm very vocal about this, but I, when I go to the Exile energy center and I sit down in the seat and it seems like I've, I've noticed this more so in the upper deck. Cause that's where I reside more, more often than not. Um, it it's the people that, you know, are just casually attending a game. And I understand it, who want to instruct the professionals on how to play the game. Oh, shoot. Yeah, yeah. Shoot that's it. A, the power play. Shoot the puck. And I hate that. And I, I resent each person that gets in my ear canal. Shoot it. Shoot it. I'm going to give them a free pass the rest of the season, or at least while Krill is out, because this, this now is a team where they need to be shooting it. Um, I don't, I don't know if you've ever seen the Andrew Ferentz little skit that he made in his backyard. Yes. It's hilarious. It's amazing. Throw that, throw that out the window. I want you to yell at everybody wearing green to shoot the puck because they need to be shooting the puck. Um, you talk about how John Klingberg just fires stuff on net and he gets lucky and he lost it too. But that's the thing. You don't need yeah. to. You, I, right. And I, I've griped about um, the Ryan Suter days of the very weak. We're just going to casually flip a, a Sunday afternoon wrist shot towards the goal and see what happens on the power play. That's fine. That's totally yeah. fine because you're going to play pink Plinko out front, uh, out front. I, I no longer care if it's a highlight reel or if it's garbage. Frankly, it shouldn't matter. They don't ask how many or they don't ask how, just how many. So mm-hmm. if you want to be the garbage man out front and just stand there and clean it up and throw it in the back of the net, you're going to get two, four, 10, 12, whatever that way. I don't care. It's goals. And that's how this team is going to win it. That's how this team is going to survive for the next three to four weeks, possibly more. Um, obviously reevaluate once the postseason nears, but for right sure. now you have to look at just putting goals in the back of the net because now you're you're taking you're you're on life support offensively. So you need to figure yeah. a way to resuscitate the team. And I want to see Boldy, I want to see Sunquist, I want to see Felino, I I want to see Reeves, I want to see them in front of the damn net and I want to see them creating havoc in front of the net and I want to see them forcing defensemen 
to make a decision. Am I going to cross check this guy? And if I do, I'm going to get a penalty. How am I going to move him out? You know, that's the thing is, and we see these, we see so many now of these pinball tips because nobody can move anybody anymore. You can't cross check guys. You can't, you know, you can't push guys down. So yeah, I, I'm with you. And with Kaprizov out, I think it becomes more important than ever to become grittier. That's It's no excuse for not scoring now. But, you know, this whole thing of Matt Zuccarello, you know, I am going to set up the perfect play. Screw it. Shoot the puck, dude. Get the puck on net. Get your rebound. He's got great recovery. We saw that last night. He he made a recovery after being taken out, out of a play that was phenomenal. Um, Ryan Hartman, same thing, dude. It's You're, you're going to have to do the work. It's the dirty work. Last night, I think he was on a two-on-one with Zuccarello. And he scored a goal. You know why? Because he faked the pass, shot the puck, and scored. And and Connor Hellenbach was awful last night and let in a goal. But it was, again, very much part and parcel of what we're talking about here, which is if you don't shoot that puck, you ain't going to score. Um, what was your feeling about the play, the Logan Stanley uh, play? Back and forth, because in real, real time, I'm like, I get it. That's kind of a hockey play. That's a mismatch of a bigger body and a not as big of body. And he's probably expect expecting a little more give on Kaprizov. And he probably underestimated just how strong he is on his skates, even with his back turned to him. So he probably assumed he was going to be able to just blow right through and whatnot. Um, the slow-mo and I, I hate basing it off the slow-mo because it's so easy to just like take certain things and like create your own narrative from that. But it almost looks like as soon as he went onto it, he was just like, all right, we're just going to go down because this is the opponent and I'm going to, you know, whatever happens, happens. Um, I, I would, it's the bias of me cheering for the wild and wanting to see them like, you know, thrive and rooting for Kaprizov that in my head, in my heart, I'm like, I would like to see him probably lay up there. Um, I'm not going to say it's a dirty play. I, I, the, I, I think it I was a boneheaded continu- play. Yeah, I thought the continuation of the hit was unnecessary. I thought the first hit was absolutely fine, but it was very clear. It was very quickly clear. Kirill, because his back was turned, couldn't really didn't defend himself very well. Mm-hmm. And so I think what you're, I think what you you said is right. Because I'm not saying that the hit shouldn't have taken place. The hit itself was fine. I thought the continuation of bringing him down, mm-hmm. and you can, you know, his legs are going out, and I again, it looks like a groin. It looked like a groin. I'm hoping it's not a knee, um, but he, but he just did splits. And I think when you, I think if you're prepared to do the splits and you're Kirill Kaprizov, you're probably fine. But when you don't see it coming and now your legs are flying out, that's a, a different story. Um, I didn't think the. I thought he could have stopped. I thought Stanley could could have stopped. I don't think he's a goon, but he definitely I thought had the he had the opportunity to sort of like to use your term layup, and he didn't, which is a problem. And I'm very curious when these teams play next if there's going to be a price to pay, I mean, in the old days, there definitely w- would be, there's still sort of the code about things. Uh, but just, I'm looking at the schedule here. So uh, the wild is in San Jose on Saturday night. And then they're in Arizona on Sunday, it looks like. And then they play at St. Louis mid next week. Uh, and I'm just looking here and Winnipeg is here on April 11th. Excuse me. The season ends on the 13th. So, I'm curious if there's going to be an attempt at retribution the next time that the uh, Jets play here against the Wild. It's hard to tell there. I'm sure that both teams will receive a phone call that there that there will be trouble if there is. Um, but I just 
My my fear is that look like the type of injury that you that definitely could linger. Like a broken bone heals, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, this is a muscle. This could be a muscle. This just looks like the type of thing where you can where you put a you put a hopeful three to four weeks and you don't know as well. Yeah. Um, see, I'm I'm glad that you're saying that you think it's more of a groin because my initial thing that I've been thinking really all day too is I think knee because when he goes down, you can kind of see that that right. left knee bend out weird. The thing that bothers me about it the most is that it's such it's just such a dumb play. It's not like it was in the result of him trying in this last ditch effort to make a uh, a game tying goal or something like that. It was just like it's a guy who has played 14 games or something like that this season. Yeah. It, it, like it's it, it's not a meaningful result like a meaningful event. Not yeah. like nothing from that is going to like when down the road, you're just gonna be like, of course, of course, that's what it was. Cause you look at some other things and you're like, okay, I understand, you know, they went into the wall and he's banged up, but it was because they needed a goal here and blah, blah, blah. It's just, it didn't, it, it simply did not need to happen. It was that's nothing what's No, it wasn't it, exactly. It's such a throwaway play. play. Nobody's going to remember that you're going to remember in three weeks. Like, yeah, I know he's hurt, but how, wait, how did he get hurt again? Blah, blah, blah. It's, oh yeah. Right. Some guy, some, some six, four guy just jumped on top of him. So, well, and that's the thing is like the, the fact that he completed, it wasn't even a check. The fact that he completed the takedown bothered me. Yeah. And I don't know what was in his his heart post game. He, he was, you know, quoted as saying it's too bad, I didn't mean to blah blah blah. I don't know, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's a meaningless it's not a bang bang play. It's just a wrong place, wrong time. Did you really need to continue that? I would have probably called a penalty. I would have probably called cuz I I I think Kaprizov, a player like Kaprizov, I think deserves protection. Um, and he still would have been hurt. So I'm not saying that that would, that the injury wouldn't have taken place. I think it was at least a, a rough because he just kept going. Um, and it was the wrap around with the hands. That's what I'm saying. So and it's, it's this, you know, yeah. it's like, it's mm-hmm. fine. If you knock him down, he's off balance. He falls down. You get hurt. You get hurt, but it's the continuation of his legs split out and you're still going. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard show podcast Monday through Friday. As Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Uh, How much is your feeling about this team the season I, I mean this team's been tremendously hot they're now a couple points out of first place which is near the top of the western conference you know 9-0-2 run they've been great the goaltending flurry again you know it's it's a shame caprice i've got hurt because flurry was the story just magnificent last night how much does your feeling about a team that, to use your, your words, and you're right, couldn't score goals and has been really good defensively now that they've lost Kaprizov for, you know, a while at least, mm-hmm. how much have you changed or have you changed your opinion of this team? This little run they've been on has kind of changed my perspective on the team i thought they were very much a we're going to kind of just crawl into a playoff position and then see the see the door in first round and not really be that competitive uh they've looked like they've elevated their game to an extent not a lot 
but to an extent that it's trending in the right direction. And now this just throws the train off the tracks. Now, now you're heading backwards and I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm pulling out the panic button. I'm like, I'm nervous about it because it's such an impactful player, yes. but I think that the next game in who would you say it's Saturday? I believe San Jose, they play. Yeah, it, yeah they go back to back Sharks and then they go to Mullet Arena and play the Coyotes on Sunday. That is two very telling games, and so I'm not going to give you a full breakdown now. Maybe the next time you and I talk, I can fully answer the question. But this weekend is going to answer the question for me because that's two teams that they've they they don't care about the season. They don't. They don't care about this season. No, you anymore. should. You should be in both, with and or without Corral. And it should be handily. It shouldn't be you're going to overtime or a shootout with one. And Arizona's have... trying to lose hard, but unfortunately, the players seem to care more. I think the Sharks <laughs> are totally checked out. Did you Did you see what the Coyotes did today? They called up um, their some slappy goalie. Yeah, and then they've said like the auto like uh, verbatim. We know we're not going to make the playoffs, so why not we give uh, this guy a nice little look and just kind of see what we've got in the system? Yeah. He's an RFA, and you've kind of said that you don't plan on extending him, so that you, I understand wanting to lose. So this is a team that you should go in there and win by two or three, and call it a day, and then you're back home. But um, this weekend, they need to show that they can be capable enough without him, and there's there couldn't be, be two better teams, I think, to do it against and get like your footing off the ground. If you had um avalanche stars back to back then that would be a little trickier but san jose and arizona are high school teams at this point in the season if we assume the kaprizov is going to come back um in a month or so and if we assume he's going to be back for the playoffs and let's say he's going to be 90 percent, 80 percent, i don't know take your pick then i think what we get to see now and to your point it starts with two teams that aren't good what we get to see now is the dedication to a system that they've been playing pretty damn well, and they're going to have to ratchet it up. You know, you're going to spread the scoring around a little bit more. As I, I just saw in, in a comment here from D. Lindstrom, you're going to have to get Boldy to score Zuccarello. So, okay. But I really think what we're about to see is, are these guys willing to pay the price for the rest of the season to play, to double down on a style that's been working? Because you can, you know, there's no real... Reason on God's green earth that you can't hold the Sharks to a goal and score three, mm-hmm. or the Coyotes. So this is where I this is where I think we get to see because you know the one thing to keep in mind here, age is this. You can tell at times on that bench there is a prevailing belief, and it's not incorrect, that ninety seven is going to come and save the day, and that's now gone for about a month. So do do these guys have the the want and the intestinal fortitude not to panic and try to replace him, but to basically say, okay, we're going to have to, to double down on a style that is incredibly hard to play. Because what we, they're doing is impressive. Yeah, yeah. I, it, this defensive style, mm-hmm. this is tough. This is a, you know, the Jacques Lemaire Dean with a, with, with a better team than 03, but not markedly, especially with Kirill out. Uh, it's a tough system. So... I'm really curious to see now what the complete buy-in is to first and foremost, we have to continue to play this way for three periods every night, or there's a very good chance we're just going to start to lose games. 
Yeah, and th- there's been times this season where I've sat down to watch the Wild game, and I know I'm just going to get annoyed because of how the rut they've been in. And then it's been, like, like you said, you, you don't have now Kaprizov to step up after the first two periods and say, all right, guys, I'm just going to score a hat trick, and then we're going to win this game. These games are going to be a chore to watch as a fan now moving forward because yeah, they're not going to be they're not going to be enjoyable. They're not oh, going to be 2003 enjoyable. wasn't fun at all. No. <laughs> like the run was great, but the games themselves, the Canadian the Canadian media in Vancouver bitched the entire series because they thought it was so unsightly. And I'm not kidding. <laughs> like I covered it. I picked up the newspapers every day. One, you know, one at least one columnist was complaining that Jacques Lemaire was ruining their great game. Yeah. And Dean, you know, I mean, Dean, to Dean's credit, and uh, you know what, too? This is going to be a great test for Dean because, well, here's what I want to see. I want to see, and and I've talked about seeing this in the playoffs, but now we can start to see it sooner. I want to see if things aren't going well, what he does to adjust. Does he juggle lines? Does he take a guy who's playing well and put him with another guy who's playing well? You know, Dean falls in love with things. And I think systems-wise, I give him a lot of credit. They've done a good job, especially mm-hmm. the last month month plus but you know when you think about this if you if you're down one nothing very plausible or you're down three to two um my question becomes can you make the right moves now because 97 is not going to jump off the bench take the puck behind his own net beat three guys uh razzle dazzle yet the blue line inside out the defenseman and score a gorgeous goal not going to happen no so all right, sir. I appreciate it. Um, p- perhaps we can, uh, if you have time, get together again on Sunday night to review these two games. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And if the Wild loses, my guess is you will melt down, which I, of course, welcome because <laughs> I love a good meltdown. He's AJ. I'm Judd. This has been Judd's Hockey Show. Thanks for tuning in.